0: Subscribe and comment on the video in the card above for a chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card at the end of the month. Craigslist, it's where you go if you have a hankering for some death. This world is a strange one. The internet has become the world capital of convenience. You can buy anything you want online, anything you can think of, anything. And if you can't find it on eBay or Amazon, you go to Craigslist. Because what's more fun than meeting a stranger in a place you've never been before to purchase an overpriced and used couch? Well, risking your life, of course. As you'll see from these allegedly true creepy stories, Craigslist can often be the cover for some very dangerous people and items. But before we begin with the stories, I'm looking for vampire creature sightings and Jersey Devil encounters for future videos. So if you've got a story on either of those, I'd love to read it and maybe even narrate it. Just go to darknessprevails.org. Now, anyone want to buy a coffee table? It's only had one hobo die on it, I swear. Number one, a big mistake, submitted by Jonathan M. In the summer of 2010, I was in the market for a mattress. I had recently moved and subsequently gotten fired from my job. As I had just moved into a new apartment, unemployment was unacceptable. I had to find work immediately and I could not be picky about it at all. As such, I was ready to jump at the first fast food job I could find. But being at a new place, I needed a new mattress as my previous one was old and stained and riddled with holes, mostly from pets and friends that got a bit rowdy. I had thrown it away, assuming I could sleep on the couch and buy a used one or a cheap one with my next paycheck. Well, that paycheck was no longer coming, so I took to Craigslist in search of something for a couple bucks, if not free. I know it sounds gross, buying someone else's used mattress. It really is disgusting, but I was desperate. My couch was a tiny loveseat. It made my back problems flare up. It felt like I was going to die slowly and painfully if I kept sleeping on that thing. So I'm hoping none of you blame me for the decision that was destined for sweet, sweet failure. Well, I went to McDonald's to get a job application. While I was there, I used their Wi Fi, as I couldn't pay my Cox bill, and I hopped on over to Craigslist. I browsed for a while until I found the only three nearby posts for mattresses. Two of them were free, the posters simply wanted them gone and off their properties but the pictures showed me items that were barely an improvement from my old mattress. So I mentally crossed my fingers and clicked the third post, the final post, to see a mattress that was relatively clean. There were no holes or tears that I could see and no prominent stains. The only problem was the buyer was asking a 100 bucks for it. Now I know for a fact that I could get something new for that much. So I gave the seller a call. Hello? A gruff voice answered after several rings. Hello, I'm calling about the mattress you're selling. Is this the right number? I asked nervously. Mm-hmm, 100 bucks, you want it? He replied before I completely finished my question. Oh, uh, I was wondering if you could come down on that price or if you'd be willing to trade something for it. I implored. I did have a few things of value that I couldn't use anymore, such as an old electric guitar amplifier that was in good condition. I just didn't have a guitar. Hmm, trade, huh? He sounded a bit irritated. Uh, Yeah, I've got a... Bring your goods to my place and we'll work something out. He interrupted me. I was fine with that. That meant he was willing to haggle and I could be walking away with a mattress today. I was both happy and anxious. So he gave me his address and he told me to come by anytime I liked. But I gotta say, this guy sounded a bit intimidating and short-tempered, but maybe I was being judgmental. We'd only talked on the phone once for a minute anyway. So after a couple of hours, I decided to head out to his address and hopefully I'd be bringing back my mattress. He didn't specify what he wanted to trade for it, so I brought as many of my extra things that I thought might be of value to him, anything that might strike his fancy. When I got to his address, I had nothing but worried feelings. His house was abysmal. There were holes in his roof, missing shingles all over. His yard was surrounded by a fence only in a few spots, as if some of it had been ripped out or rammed into. The yard within was covered in dead grass and clattered with random automobile parts, as well as broken down appliances, like a wrecked microwave and a disgusting fridge. The door on the front was broke off, revealing mold on the inside as well as unknown caramelized liquids. After seeing that, it was a wonder the mattress in those pictures was in a good shape at all. So I braved the storm and walked up to his door. I knocked twice, and I waited. After a moment, I could hear someone shuffling around hurriedly inside. Then the door opened, revealing both a smell that wafted into me with physical force and a balding man in a white tank top. He looked like he had just finished up shaving. Besides the rank smell within his house, I could smell a mixture of body odor and aftershave coming from the man. He was about my height and he had a large solid beer gut protruding out from under his shirt. I didn't like the look of it a single bit, but I forced myself to just get it over with. I was already there after packing some of these things I had to trade. I didn't want to waste any more time than that and I didn't want to waste the opportunity. Come on in, he smiled slowly. It was creepy, to say the least. Well, do you want to see some of the stuff I brought first? I asked. I motioned toward my car. I wanted to make sure he even wanted to deal at all before I saw this mattress. But he just frowned. I broke the sudden silence. All right, let's see that mattress. I put on an obviously fake smile. Hesitantly, I walked inside, fighting the instinct to cover my nose. His house was just like his yard, messy with a bunch of crap scattered across the floor. It was hard enough to look at, let alone smell. Even the carpet had been torn and raised up in places as if a tiger had been clawing or chewing at it. How could anyone live like this? I was beginning to feel lucky about my desperate situation. He took me to the left down a hallway with two doors. There was a door on either side. We took another left into that door, and in that room, it was oddly clean. The mattress from the Craigslist post lay there smack dab in the center. The pictures didn't lie, so at least there was that. The thing was still white, not off-white or stained. It was in almost perfect condition. Sweet, man, it looks great. Now, I've got a lot of things. I turned toward the guy about to explain some of the stuff I brought, ready to begin the trade but when I turned back toward him, he was closing and locking the door to the room. The lock was on the inside, so that was weird for him to do, but the fact that he was locking it at all, that wasn't good. "'What are you doing?' I asked. I was starting to panic. The worst was about to happen. "'How bad do you want it?' he grunted. "'The heck are you talking about? "'I was both angry and terrified.' "'You said we could work a deal. "'Now give me what you have to trade.' "'Then, by God, he began to unzip his shorts. "'I wasn't gay, I wasn't that desperate, "'and I was not about to let this happen to me. "'I took a step toward the door, "'but he stepped in front of it. "'Where are you going?' "'He smiled, then lifted up the side of his tank top. "'My heart sank. "'It was a gun.' a pistol of some sort tucked into his shorts. Was I going to die? Was this a nightmare? In a matter of minutes, I went from trying to buy a bed to sleep on to having my life in danger. I had never been so horrified. He lowered his shirt, covering the gun back up after making sure I knew it was there. Okay then, he said, still smiling that creepy smile. Get down on that mattress like a dog. I backed up. I began to reach into my back pocket slowly, trying not to let him see. He stepped forward as I walked backward. He was, moment by moment, getting further away from the door. I was standing on the mattress now, and he was a good meter or two away from the door. What are you doing? I said hands and knees. He yelled at me, his expression changing to indignation in a split second. It was now or never, I pulled the miniature bottle of pepper spray from my back pocket, and I began to empty the thing into the guy's face. I I couldn't believe I did it. I didn't know I had the guts to do something like that. But when I saw that he wasn't going to bring the gun out, and that he was actually stepping away from the door, it was my chance to fight back. I had always carried this small green bottle of pepper spray on me that my dad got me a few birthdays back after I first moved away from home and this was the first time I used it. He screamed, and I ran for the door. It took way too long to unlock it, but luckily I got out without him ever getting back up, and I ran out the front door. While I was getting back into my car, trying to get the keys out of my pocket, I heard a gunshot come from within the house, followed by unintelligible yelling. This guy was mad. As fast as I possibly could, I started my car and floored it out of there, I called the police on this guy, explaining everything, ready to press charges. They picked him up, but as he decided to call me a liar and fight back against the charge, they could only convict him for an unlawful weapon discharge. I would have prosecuted him further, but I could not afford a lawyer to fight this guy in court. He was a freaking lunatic, a menace, a pervert. He deserved to be in jail but the guy was let go with 12 months probation and a hefty fine. I was scared after that, knowing that the law did not protect me as much as I thought it would, knowing that if he wanted to, this man could seek vengeance on me. So I sucked it up and I moved back in with my parents. I'd rather humble myself than stay in danger. To those of you listening, be careful on Craigslist. If the posts aren't too good to be true, the people just might be. Number two, the Craigslist Creep, submitted by Leon Z. This just happened a few months ago. I had just bought a brand new 2016 Kawasaki Ninja, and I loved this bike. I was looking for a new set of grips for a good price, so I went to Craigslist. It was absolutely the worst decision I ever made. I saw something pop up for some green grips. It was the same color as my bike. So I contacted the guy who posted the ad. So we agreed that I would go to his place for the grips on an upcoming Thursday. And when Thursday arrived, I went to his house on my new bike. The only thing I carried, close to a weapon, was my Swiss Army knife. I pulled up to his house and saw an old rust bucket, a 1979 Chevy Silverado. It was a nice truck. I decided to take a picture of it with my old camera that I always take with me on my bike. Then I knocked on the door, but nobody answered. I waited there for about three or four minutes, and the next thing I know, the garage door is opening, and it's some old guy in overalls covered in oil or something. He says to me that his son stopped by and took the grips, So I said thanks and I just decided to ride home. But the next thing I see in my side mirror horrifies me. It's the same truck I saw in the driveway and it's behind me in hot pursuit. What was this guy doing? He was going way too fast and getting dangerously close. So I gun it. I have a 700cc bike so I can easily outrun him and that's not the problem. So I lost him quick and felt safe but I was confused when I got home. I put my bike in the garage and went inside, still wondering what the heck his problem was. Later that night, at about 11.45, when I go to turn the lights out for the night, like I do every night, I see a pair of headlights pull into my driveway. Right off the bat, this was odd. It was so late. I had no idea who this could be. So I walk into my living room to get a look through the curtains, and immediately I think to myself, Oh crap. I run into my backyard. I walked into my garage through the rear entrance and grabbed a pipe wrench. I put the keys in my bike because I was thinking about riding to the police station if the crap hit the fan, like if some creepy dude ended up in my driveway unconscious after I had to defend myself, but that's not what happened. Whoever this was busted out a few of my windows just before he began to beat the crap out of my poor old Honda all the while shouting things like, I'll find you or I'll kill you. Then finally, he drove away. I did end up heading to the police station and filing a report. They told me they would send some officers out to look things over. And when they got there, there was no one there. They say that nobody has touched that house for seven years and that that black truck they were driving in had been stolen back in 2001. I was freaking out. They never caught this guy to my knowledge, but I hope they do catch him. He's obviously messed up in the head. I didn't know him, but he suddenly wanted to kill me for no reason. So I ended up getting my new grips at the nearest Kawasaki store, and I'm happy. But that day, it still creeps me out. What if he had run me off the road? Or better yet, what if he had caught me outside that night? This episode is sponsored by June's Journey do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the roaring 20s. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number three, Craigslist Creepers, submitted by Maggie. To begin, I'm a Craigslist junkie. I used to go on Craigslist every day just to check the free section or at least look at the cute pets. One day, I decided it would be a good idea to look for a babysitting job on there. I was pregnant and I needed the extra money. So I posted an ad saying I would offer my services and how much I would be charging. You're not required to put your phone number in the ad, but I did anyway to better my chances to make it easier for people to contact me. A couple of days later, I was lying in bed and I got a call from this woman. She said that she and her husband were looking for a live-in nanny. She told me how much the pay was and all the perks that would come with it. She said all I would have to do was send a picture of myself and we would have a text conversation for a while. I thought this was rather odd and trusting, but I went along with it anyway. So I sent a picture and we got to talking. I told her a bit about myself and how much experience I had with childcare. I thought it was going well. Then, after a while, she began to ask me personal questions like, am I a virgin? Or would I ever consider being with a couple? I told her I wasn't, that I was pregnant, and I didn't feel comfortable answering personal questions like that. It was just weird. I stopped talking to her. The next couple of days, she sent me provocative texts saying her and her husband would figure out where I was and force me to be their nanny. Obviously, now I figured out that this is part of some sick fetish that she or they had, so I continued to ignore her texts. After a while, those texts stop, and my life went on as normal, thank God. About a month later, I was about six months pregnant, so I decided to get some baby shopping done with my friend. Let's call him Fred. Fred and I went to my local Walmart, and he automatically wanted to go to the holiday sections of the store. I obliged because we had his nephew there with us and he wanted to go as well. I noticed a couple following us through the store and at first I did not think much of it. So I continued looking at stupid Christmas stuff. I asked Fred's nephew if he wanted a new toy. Then we rounded the corner and headed over to the baby stuff. When that same couple I saw earlier made a beeline right for me. I told Fred to take his nephew and go wait for me by some clothes. Me being the hard-headed person I was, I marched right up to this couple and I demanded to know why they were following us. The man looked me up and down, obviously, and right away, this creeped me out. I turned to walk away from them after telling them to leave us alone or I'd call security. Then the woman spoke up. You're the one who wanted to be our nanny. We're here to pick you up. I got chills and I screamed. I ran back to Fred I told him we had to leave quickly, that it wasn't safe, that I would explain later. So we got the heck out of there. We left everything we had placed in the cart. He began to drive away and I turned back to see that same couple waving and the woman saying something I couldn't hear. Shakily, I told Fred the whole story and he began to comfort me. He took me back to his house until I felt safe enough to go home. Since then, I have moved and changed my number. And needless to say, I don't plan on using Craigslist for anything again. Number four, Craigslist almost caused my end. Submitted by Game Ninja. This just happened this past Christmas. I wanted to buy my girlfriend an engagement ring so I could propose on New Year's Day. I had been saving for months but I still could not afford a ring as nice as I wanted her to have. So I started looking around at pawn shops in the area, but the prices were still outrageous. It was proving to be almost impossible when I got this bright idea to look on Craigslist. I didn't immediately find what I wanted, so I watched the postings for a few days to see what was added. It was two days after Christmas, and I was running out of time, when finally I found what I was looking for. It was a beautiful half-carat diamond ring that looked very expensive, but they were asking just a little more than I had. As most people usually do, I emailed them with an offer. It was only a couple of hours later when I received a reply and an agreement to my offer. I was so happy. That was way too easy, but I was excited and just considered it luck. So I asked them to email me their location and what day and time would be best for me to go over and purchase the ring from them. They replied with an address that was only a couple of towns over, and I agreed to meet them the following day. Now, I had heard a few horror stories about Craigslist, and I knew to be careful. I would not meet anyone I didn't know without a weapon for safety and a buddy with me who could call 911 if we got into trouble. And to be sure it was completely safe, I decided to email them again to request a public meeting place. This request did not meet with a reply, but I really needed that ring. With good enough planning and safety measures, I thought it'd be a good idea to go ahead and meet them. The following day, I asked if I could take a long lunch break to run an errand. My boss agreed quickly, because I'm dependable at work and never miss. I left for our meeting in enough time to pick up my buddy and drive to the requested location. We pulled up to a small but well-kept house in an old neighborhood. I waited for a while to see if anyone would come out to meet us, That way, I did not have to go up and knock on the door myself. I have to admit, I felt a little bit nervous. After a few minutes, when no one came out, I got out of the car and walked up to the door. The house was quiet. There didn't seem to be anyone home. And when no one came to the door after knocking a few times, I just turned to leave disappointed. Maybe I was lied to or tricked. As I was stepping off the front porch, I noticed something yellow in the flower bed. I bent down a little to get a closer look and it was police tape. I stood up and went on back to my car. On the ride back to my buddy's house, I told him about the police tape and we made different theories about what had possibly gone on there. It took my mind off the disappointment of not getting the ring. I went back to work and clocked back in. I finished my workday a little late and I was exhausted by the time I got home. My girlfriend was cooking dinner when I got home and she told me to go ahead and shower and relax because she could finish dinner without me. One of the many reasons I wanted to marry this amazing woman. After a well-needed and relaxing shower, I made my way back downstairs to the kitchen to grab a beer. When I entered the kitchen, I grabbed my girlfriend around the waist and gave her a kiss on the cheek. I asked her how her day was. Now, my girlfriend works in dispatch for the city police department. She told me that it had actually been a pretty exciting day She had answered a call about a stabbing that would be on the evening news. I said I would go to turn on the TV and see if we had missed it. Well, we missed it the first time around, so after dinner, we waited up for the late edition. Come to find out, this actually could have very easily been the worst and last day of my life. What I saw on that news report made me want to throw up. It was a story about a couple of guys who had ambushed and shot a man in a small neighborhood, after luring him there through a Craigslist ad. Apparently, they had stabbed the guy and taken his money. He was in a nearby hospital in critical condition. When they played the footage of the crime scene, it was the exact house I had been to that afternoon. That was almost me. If the neighbors hadn't heard the gunshots and called the cops, they could have still been there when I arrived. I was so freaked out that I had to tell my girlfriend everything. It was not the proposal I had planned. But she said yes. It was definitely worth almost risking my life for. And number five Ghosts in the Truck. Submitted by Darkness Fan. I recently bought a 1980 Black Chevy on Craigslist for $6,000. It was an awesome steal, or so I thought because I loved old vehicles and it was easily worth 17K. I mean, it looked almost brand new and apparently it only had 25,000 miles on it. This was a deal I simply could not pass up. I had to drive 750 miles to get it, but that wasn't a problem, not for a deal like that. After I got there, I talked with the previous owner and he said it was his dad's and apparently his dad didn't use it for years and he has now passed away, so it was just sitting there collecting dust. He put tires on it and sold it, and I drove my car home. I had brought a friend with me, and he took the truck back. I would have driven it, but I did not want to drive it nonstop for 750 miles, and I would feel like it was a chore for the first time driving it. No, I wanted to enjoy my first drive with it. We ended up stopping at a restaurant, grabbing a burger and fries. It was a great meal, and after that, we searched for a hotel for the night. When I walked back outside after checking in with the closest one, my friend who was driving the truck, let's call him Dean, said, dang. I looked over to him to see what was wrong. I saw that the headlights were still on in the truck. He said, I must've forgot to shut them off, but I have no idea how I didn't see them when I walked by. So Dean gets in, shuts the lights off and gets out of the truck and then comments, let's see those lights come on now with a chuckle. I laughed at him. Then we went inside and decided to get one room with two beds as that would be cheapest. We brought in our things and checked the time. It was about 11 p.m. and it had been a long day. A 41 hour long day to be exact, commented Dean. We laughed as he was referring to the fact that we hadn't slept since 6 a.m. the day before. So we were exhausted. We got in our beds and just like that, we were asleep. We covered 200 miles so far on the return trip so it was dreamland as soon as our heads hit the pillow. At three in the morning, our room was called. We both woke up tiredly. I answered the phone and it was the front staff. "Mm, Hello, I said in a sleepy state. The staff said to me, hello, sir, I'm sorry about waking you up, but I think your truck out front has the panic alarm going off on it. I was wide awake now. The only thing I could think of was someone broke into my brand new truck. I asked them, is it the black truck? She responded with yes and it's been going off for 20 minutes and she was sure to mention that if anyone did break into it or try to, the cameras out front would catch them. I didn't waste any time. I got my keys and went outside to find the truck with all the lights on and the panic alarm going off. Sure enough, it was my truck. I turned the key and shut it off to make the alarm finally shut up. But the strange part was nothing was broken. There was no sign of a break-in and when the staff let me see the tapes, No one tried to. All that it showed was a car driving by and suddenly the lights and the alarm started going off. Great, I thought. My new truck must have an overly sensitive aftermarket alarm on it. The rest of the trip, nothing else happened and we got home in good time. Dean left after I paid him for his time and I enjoyed the rest of my day. It was sunny out, about 75 degrees with a low breeze and not a cloud in sight. The next Friday night, I and the guys went out to have some fun. I wanted to take my Chevy to show it off. I picked them up and we went off. As we were going down the road, all the lights turned on in the truck and the horn began to go off on its own. This was odd and even weirder, it stopped on its own after a few seconds. Everyone was thinking what the heck is going on, but soon we forgot about it as the night went on. After a great night and one too many, we went home. I know it wasn't the smartest idea, but we were drunk. Our only sober friend decided it would be best if he drove the truck. But drunkenly, I said it was mine and I would not let him drive. It was a terrible mistake. No one should ever drive drunk. So we were going back with the radio turned up all the way when all of a sudden this talk station turned on in the radio. These people were discussing drunk driving. They were talking about recent cases where people had crashed and died. All of us were really drunk and thought it was the person sitting in the shotgun seat screwing with the radio. He denied it, and then it happened. The truck shut off. All the lights, all the power. Everything just died. This was really strange. So we got out to see what was wrong. Nothing seemed to be out of order, so I got back in and tried to start it, but nothing. And then only the radio came on. What came from the speakers now was a young girl's voice. It said, goodbye. We didn't know what the heck was happening. I thought it was just picking up some weird stations. Suddenly, out of nowhere, an 18-wheeler came over the hill right at us. In our drunk state, we couldn't do much. We tried to run, but only two of the five of us actually made it off the road before this semi hit the truck. When I was able to open my eyes again, I expected the worst. But what I saw was nothing had changed. The semi had disappeared and there was never a crashing sound or proof of a crash at all. In fact, everyone and everything was okay. That diesel had come from nowhere and apparently it had disappeared. Maybe it was the alcohol, maybe it was the situation, but that's when I threw up. Everyone was freaking out. And suddenly, the truck started on its own. Now, no one was in the truck. My one friend, who I'll call Jimmy, said, screw this, I'm walking home. The rest of us got in hesitantly, but after this, everything was fine. We drove next to Jimmy the whole way, very slowly, to his house, trying to get him to get back in. All he said was, screw that truck, I'm never riding in that thing again. Then all of a sudden the truck's RPM went through the roof and that was it. What the heck was going on with this thing? How can this happen? Was I going crazy? No, we would all have to be crazy. All my friends saw and heard all of this. Eventually I had dropped everyone off and went home scared in the truck. When I finally got home, before I went inside, I decided to pull the battery out of the truck. Then I went in and I went to bed. It had been a long night after all. The next morning, I was shocked. My garage door was broken. Half was hanging there and the other half was on the ground. Then I glanced over to my truck and I could have swore I saw two people sitting in there for a second, but they disappeared. And in front of the truck, there was a dead cat just laying there. I was in disbelief. I opened the hood of the truck and sure enough, the battery was still gone. Okay, you know what? I'm done, I said out loud. I went back inside, and I called the guy I had bought the truck from. When he answered, I went off on him, dropping so many F-bombs I almost didn't know what I was saying. After I got my say in, he responded slowly. He was oddly calm. The truck used to be my dad's truck, but it has a bit of a backstory. My brother and his girlfriend borrowed it and went riding in it one day. My dad always made him promise to bring it back before 10. He always said, yeah, sure, it would be here by 10. They didn't usually do anything when they went out other than what most normal couples do, dinner, a movie, or bowling. But that day, they didn't come home. The police were called, and at 5 a.m. the next morning, they found the truck. There was patches of blood in it, but no one inside. The bodies to the brother and the girlfriend were never found, and some people think they ran off together, that the blood was a ruse, but others think they were attacked and murdered. My dad was so traumatized after that that he couldn't bear to see the truck, so he put it up on blocks and left it until he passed away. After hearing his story, my blood ran cold. The truck that I bought, the same one I had been driving this whole time, was once a place where two people were probably killed, and I think what I saw may have been their ghosts. Convenience isn't always the best option. Sure, it's easy and tempting to meet someone who actually has what you're looking for on Craigslist. At the very least, take some precautions. Happy phone with